This is Learn From Others, where we interview a cross-section of successful individuals so you can learn from their experiences, achievements, and even their mistakes. We ask four questions that will educate and inspire. Greg Stanley will be your guide as we join our guests on a journey from adolescent daydreaming to success in today's world. Join us on this adventure as we learn from others together. Welcome to Learn From Others, where we help others succeed by sharing success. I'm very excited to introduce our special guest, Deb Coviello. Deb, thank you for taking us on your career journey today. Thank you for having me. Well, before we find out what you're actually doing today, let's start at the very beginning. And would you please tell us, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, my God. That's such a great question. And thank you for that. Really, uh, I didn't know what I wanted when I was younger, about 16, 17, thinking about college. But um, to tell you the truth, I was a bit of a nerd. I I loved biology. I loved math and sciences. I used to be in the uh, science competition, and so I just really loved, you know, that combination of math and sciences and seeing how life comes together. So really at that point, I knew I wanted to pursue the sciences, so I enrolled in a science and engineering school, started out as a biology student, and then got turned on to engineering. I can talk to you more about that, but uh, really love the math and sciences. So were those some of your favorite subjects in school? Yeah, absolutely. I just really love biology. I enjoyed the chemistry. Uh, Believe it or not, um, I got a C in physics when I first started, but because um, the sciences and the math would come together and really explain phenomena of life and things like that, um, it really, really intrigued me. And so that's what led me to looking at schools to focus in on science and engineering. I eventually enrolled in a biology program, uh, but then later got really interested in engineering. There was something about taking a problem and uh, putting together the pieces, programming a robot to stack blocks or programming a vat of water to fill, to mix, and to heat it up and take something that didn't exist and actually create something moved me into biomedical engineering, which was what I eventually switched over when I went to college, and that's what I finally got my degree in. So again, that creative element, engineering, solving problems, and bringing things together to create something really, really excited me. Okay, now you made me very excited to ask my next question, because that was... That was a lot of cool, fun, high-level thinking going on there with the different subjects you're working on. So what was your first actual job? Were you like flipping burgers at McDonald's or was it something really aligned with your goals in life? And by the way, both answers are correct. (laughs) (laughs) Well, goals in life. I mean, I wanted to do things. I wanted to be independent. I wanted to have money. So as early as 12 years old, I'm delivering papers or I'm selling lemonade or I'm doing Uh, selling arts and crafts. I mean, all of that was just because I wanted to be independent and not have to ask mom and dad for money. But Mm. uh, when I became 16, I worked at a cash register and stocking shelves in a pharmacy. I worked at a place called Friendly's, scooping ice cream. Wow, Friendly's. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, a couple other things along the way. But I was always, always earning money during the summers, uh, earning money while I was in school to help pay for college and to get the things that I wanted to do. So I've been working a lot of years. 
<laughs> well, that's really awesome. Speaking of which, so we kind of we kind of touched on what you wanted to be when you grew up. What do you actually do today? Well, I am a, a quality management consultant, and that's really, really broad. But for me right now, I have worked in the flavors industry for many years. And when you think about the flavors industry, what are those things that go into your favorite beverages or your chips or when you get like a uh, burger at your favorite burger establishment, those flavors, those things that every time you go there, it tastes the same and you really, really crave those flavors. Um, my company and the businesses that I work with make those flavors that go into the products that you really love. And so being a quality management consultant or the head of quality, I have to make sure that you pick up that soda or that beverage and you love it once, you pick it up the second or the hundredth time, it's always going to be that wonderful flavor that you enjoy. But the other part of that is also food safety. And so the products that you love and the flavors that you love, you also want to know that it's safe. So my role is not only to ensure that the product or the flavor that you enjoy is always the same, but it's also safe for you to consume. And so within that, there's a lot of making sure we follow our manufacturing processes. If we're not making them exactly the way we should, how can we improve upon it and get to the root cause? So all of that, the quality, the food safety, and then how can we improve upon it is all kind of what I do. That's a great answer. I love that. You really encapsulated what that job is all about. Well, speaking of that, how did you get there? And if you would, talk to you a little bit about your time after college you mentioned your degree, but just kind of like your career path that led you to become a consultant in that field. Okay. I'll try to be concise, but it is a journey. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a journey about falling into manufacturing. So when I graduated as a biomedical engineer, some of the students in my curriculum followed a path going into graduate school or becoming a medical doctor, and that was a path that I realized I did not want to follow. While I was a senior in college, I taught a manufacturing class, and it, one, fulfilled my love of manufacturing, taking nothing and turning it into something, but also my love of teaching and improving and helping others. So that gave you a glimpse of where I was going. But when I graduated, I got hired by a company, and I was either going to start developing products. I worked for a company called Raytheon where we made missile defense systems, and that's wow. a pretty, pretty, pretty amazing <laughs> job. But I took a side path and went into their manufacturing management development program, which is a two-year uh, rotational program that exposed me to different parts of manufacturing. So I learned six months in process engineering. How did we make the widgets? and providing the instructions so people could make it the same way over and over again. I was in planning on how you schedule products through the manufacturing process. I was a supervisor of people, which scared the heck out of me, but I did it, <laughs> you know, 22, 23 years old. And then I also had a quality role, making sure that when they produced the product, we checked it once, we checked it twice to meet all the specifications. So when we shipped it and it went into a missile, it fired or it did the right job. So that was what I did for the first two years, and that solidified my love of being in manufacturing, but I really loved the quality avenue. And the quality field 
you need to know a little bit about a lot of different parts of manufacturing, but quality is that function that sets the standard to make sure that by the time we ship it to a customer, it meets their expectations. And when it doesn't, <laughs> you have to deal with angry customers as well. And so I took the quality role and moved into different companies like electronics, telecommunications, and I learned more about developing quality processes, ones that always made the product the same way safely every single time. And so, again, going into different industries, learning how to audit, learning how to write standards, learning how to make process improvements in quality, learning how to work with customers when they do complain and how to solve their problems. All of those things through all these different companies get you through the different quality professions. So I've had titles such as quality engineer, quality systems manager, quality assurance manager, head of quality, quality improvement, and operational excellence. All of those are those titles that assure that what we make for our customers in an operations process meets standard and expectations, and we do it for the right price uh, and the right cost and safely. Well, let me just say that I'm much more concerned about the quality of my missiles versus my cookie. <laughs> so, 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 so early in your career, getting exposed to the rigor and the importance and the checks and the double checks in manufacturing was just a really great place for me to start in my career. Um, but then as I move forward, um, things like helping others to make a quality product, coaching them to follow the, 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 the set of blueprints, to work with them when things don't go right. If you're really a people person uh, versus maybe sitting behind a computer and designing and developing products and services, uh, this, I really advise students to start thinking about getting skills in buzzwords like lean, and Six Sigma, those are all tools that you can take and apply to a quality quality engineering role to further improve and provide value to both the business as well as your customers. So again, those are all things that along the way I got different certifications. I'm a certified quality auditor, Six Sigma black belt, lean black belt. Sounds impressive, <laughs> but you do have to prove that you have a certain level of knowledge and also to be able to deliver cost savings improvements back to the business. So very interesting journey and would love to speak to students if they ever wanted to learn more about it. Now, I would assume you just mentioned, you know, having a higher, not a higher, but working in that environment with missiles where there's so much on the line, that must have been a great foundation for you to see such a high level of rigor when it comes to the standards. And, you know, from there, you can just take that to the rest of your career, correct? Yeah, absolutely. So... Engineering, I got an engineering degree, and that showed me how to solve problems. But when I went to start working, my experience taught me how to follow standards. So, I mean, I'll give you an example where we were trying to sell a missile system to the U.S. government. <laughs> and <laughs> I had to spend hours and hours and hours to make sure and check the equipment to make sure it met every single blueprint and requirement and then to set up the documentation, and then to physically present the equipment, the test results, and show the government official that we <laughs> have produced a quality <laughs> product that you can depend on and is reliable when you absolutely need it. Talk about a pr 
proving ground for a young 22, 23, 24-year-old to have to be able to convince a government official that we made the product right. So you're absolutely right. Uh, tremendous start out of college <laughs> for my career. <laughs> now, could you, because I've always been curious about this, could you give the Cliff Note versions of the Sigma 6 program? Oh, yeah. So there's a set of skills that if you like the quality or manufacturing profession, it's called Six Sigma. So there is uh, a set of quality improvement tools and processes and frameworks that if you learn these skills um, in, the, in the engineering and science world, Sigma is like standard deviation. If you truly are a world-class company and you learn these skills, you can make process improvements at a level of Six Sigma or producing very, very few to no defects on a parts per billion basis. <laughs> so it, it's really, really a, a transformational change in reducing defects. And it's just ha learning those skills and working with teams to make those improvements, if that will help. <laughs> So where would these process improvements take place? Would they be on the manufacturing line? Would they be in the system side of it? Would it be all? Um, that's a really great question. So, I mean, if a person wants to be a quality engineer, manufacturing process improvement, it's, a lot of it is really a function of operational processes. So if you're making uh, bottles coming off of an assembly line and you're making millions and millions of these, and 3% of them always have a defect. That's a lot of money, and you lose a lot of money in business. But if you can go out to the production floor and work with the people that are touching the product all the time, manufacturing is where you see these major, major improvements. But also, if you're a finance person or if you're a, a customer service person, person that works you know, with customers in the back office, they also can produce defects. So these tools, these simple tools, in the Six Sigma space can absolutely be applied to transactional environments. Like I said, the financial world, the supply chain world. So it's, it's you can take these skills and go anywhere. Right. No, I've always seen that, and I already learned something. You said it's Sigma Six, not Six Sigma. So there you go. I already learned something. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> what is your typical day like in this role as a consultant? Well, as a consultant, um, at my level, I lead organizations to meet the quality vision. The quality vision could be to be the number one company in this space in terms of quality, delighting customers, and making them loyal so they keep buying your product because you have the highest quality and food safety. So as a leader or a consultant, I'll create the vision. I'll help deliver like the PowerPoint and explain to everybody why it's important. So I'll frequently meet with leaders, with people that work for me, or even people in the manufacturing environment to help them understand this is where we're bringing the company in terms of quality and food safety. But another part of my day may be a customer is really angry. They got a product. It didn't taste the way they want to. So I need to get on the phone to understand what their issues are, try to fix their issues quickly so they can deliver or make chips, soda, ice cream for you to enjoy. <laughs> right. But at the same time, I mean, you don't want to go to a major store like Kroger or Walmart and find that your favorite cereal or your favorite ice cream is not there. So what I do is I'll work with those customers to resolve their immediate issue, get them the product so they can fill the shelves so you can enjoy it. But at the same time, I'm working with teams to say, hey, guys, 
it didn't taste right this time, what went wrong in the manufacturing process, let's get a cross-functional team together, let's get in a room and see if we can solve the problem and I'll actually help facilitate or take people through what's the problem here, do we have some data, what do we think went wrong, how can we check that and that would be part of it. And then another part of my day may be actually leading improvement teams. So we might get together once a week. We've identified certain projects that can help improve the flavor, the consistency, does it look right, taste right, et cetera, and I'll actually lead those teams internally. And finally, one of my loves and passions is to teach others the skills that I have, whether it's Six Sigma skills, lean skills, problem-solving skills. So I'll get together with a group of people and actually teach them so they can go off and solve problems together. The best part of my job is being able to help others improve our products for our customers. That's great. No, that's really great. As a reminder, you can check out all previous episodes at learnfromothers.org. If you're an educator or a student, you can search for podcasts by Career Cluster and additional resources are under the resource tab. Okay, Deb, so we just learned what you wanted to be when you grew up and what you actually do today. So if you could do it all over again, what would you do differently? Wow, that's a great, great question. So what I want to say to everybody is that on one hand, I picked a career that I learned so much and I was able to help so many people, both people in the business as well as customers and all the people I work with. So I love quality. I love manufacturing. And I always wanted to be the head of quality. And so on one hand, I would say I've had the career that I've always wanted. But one thing I didn't get a chance to tell people was that while I was growing up, I loved to teach. I love to write, I love to speak, and write stories and do, you know, things in the journalistic area. So if I ever had to do it over again, uh, a couple things is I might have gone to maybe a liberal arts school versus an engineering school. Because while I was tremendously good in engineering and using it in my career, what I was missing was uh, knowing more about economics, politics, psychology, communications and all those things that as an engineer we need to know about. We need to know about what we build or what we fix and what's the impact on people. And that is a really, really critical thing is the better that you can be more connected with how what you do impacts people, the more that you can communicate with people to learn how to talk to them, to network with them, to have a stimulating conversation about world affairs or the latest political conversation going on in right, social media, right. you know, I really think I would have spent a little bit more time there because as an adult and in my profession as a quality management consultant, those human connections, reading people and being able to bring my, my solutions and how it interfaces with people, so important. So I would absolutely, as a student, um, make sure you have a strong social network and you have a broad educational background. So take those electives. If you're a science and engineering student, take the foreign languages. Take those other things and they'll definitely round out your background and what you may be able to do. Wow, that's great advice. You're just really laying such a big foundation for the rest of your career by doing that. Yeah. Well, let's make the assumption that someone listening wants to do what you do, which I'm sure there is someone what advice would you give them? Is there a typical career path you would suggest? Well, doing what I do uh, can come up through different career paths. For one, certainly 
engineering background, uh, any of the engineers, chemical engineering, uh, mechanical engineering, um, are all applicable, especially now I've spent 16 years in the chemical and the flavors industry pursuing a chemistry degree, uh, more importantly, a food science degree. Uh, that will definitely help you in the area of food safety, which again is critical to the flavors industry. Uh, those are typical degrees that will definitely be your pedigree. Now the other one uh, as well is, is like industrial or process engineering. Pursuing those fields of study, they start giving you principles of how manufacturing works. They'll teach you lean, they'll teach you Six Sigma at an earlier stage in your career, and then navigate through operations, and then eventually uh, adding in the quality role uh, is another path. So again, engineering, chemistry, industrial, mechanical, food sciences are definitely places that you can start to get into this field. Well, that's great. Well, as with most journeys, success largely depends on the reliable transportation. And we don't know each other, but I'm a huge car enthusiast. So could you tell me, what was your first car? <laughs> All right. So it was, this is dating myself, a Datsun B210 hatchback turquoise. <laughs> wow, so, that sounds like a cool car. <laughs> well, you know, it was what the parents were going to give me when I turned 17, uh, and I learned how to do my own body work on it from uh, all Wow, that's very impressive, yeah. So I learned some life skills. I also learned how to change the oil, change the tire, and check fluid levels, life skills that uh, sometimes <laughs> kids today don't have, but my parents made sure I knew how to fix my car if I needed to. Are you still using those life skills? <laughs> Not as much. <laughs> I, I leverage others that have those skills and somewhat better than me. Good for you. I do the same. So, <laughs> Well, do you have a dream car? So I was talking to my husband about this one, and I'm going to reflect back, and maybe you can relate to this. The car that I met my husband, he was driving a 76 Mustang Cobra, white oh. blue stripe. So if we could have that car again, that would be amazing. Oh, that's really cool. I'm a Mustang fan. I just sold my 66 convertible a little while ago. So mm -hmm. I'm a huge Mustang fan. That's uh -huh. awesome. That's a great yeah. dream car. One great perk to some jobs is a company car. So if I had all the money in the world, I'd love to buy you a company car based on your job position. So I usually put a lot, a little bit too much thinking into this. So I went by the quality manufacturing aspect of your job. Sure. So the car I picked for you was a 1999 Acura NSX. Are you familiar with this car? I think so. Go on. <laughs> so it's cool. the two-door supercar from Japan. And I picked the 99 because there's a special edition named after a racer, the Zanardi edition. So they made 50 of them. It's the coolest one out there. But the reason I picked this car for you, because this was the supercar that made supercars reliable going forward. So Ferrari and Lamborghini, they've been around forever, but they always had issues. They always had horrible quality. And they would have electrical issues. They would have body issues, squeaking, all sorts of stuff. Well, the Japanese came out with the Acura NSX, and it was something you could drive every day, no problem. It never broke down. So at Ferrari and Lamborghini, they were forced to raise their game from a quality perspective. So that is why I picked the Acura NSX for you as your company car. Amazing, and thank you. And I will look forward to driving that in my dreams. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, I will send you a picture of it so you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, thank you so much for taking us on your journey today. 
Uh, what's the best way our listeners can learn about you or your company? Well, thank you for that. And again, this has been an absolute pleasure sharing my journey. Um, it's been a great ride, learned a lot. Um, I really hope that students do consider roles in science and engineering. It's an amazing field. You'll always be employed. You'll always have some fantastic skills. To follow me, I am on LinkedIn and on Facebook. Uh, my company's name is Illumination Partners, or you can look up Deborah Coviello, and you'll find me on my various journeys and also my blog post. So thank you so much for having me on your show. Well, thank you. I really appreciate this conversation and your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Learn From Others, where we help others succeed by sharing success. Where will our next adventure take us? Subscribe to find out. If you know of someone who has a cool career story or occupation, contact Greg through Instagram at Greg Stanley LFO. That's G-R-E-G-S-T-A-N-L-E-Y-L-F-O. And we will see you soon as we learn from others together.